Welcome to the Bombshell Business Podcast, where driven women in business learn how to become more bold, brave, and unwaveringly confident. Feel empowered and challenged through inspiring stories and tell it like it is advice for business, life, and leadership. Hey, Bombshell, welcome back to the Bombshell Business Podcast. I'm your host, Amber Hurdle, and I am so thankful that you are taking your precious time to spend with me and today's guest, one of our Bombshell Business experts, Emily Mernon of Wild Elm Events. Let's see if I can even talk correctly today. Emily Mernon of Wild Elm Events. But before, you know, I always, always love to do a shout out. And so um, right now I'm, I'm in the habit of doing some shout outs for book reviews on Amazon. I have not given y'all any attention. I'm always talking about the podcast ones. And of course, we'll come back to that. But let's let's take a look here. PK says... If you want to be a successful entrepreneur, read this book first. And by book, I mean The Bombshell Businesswoman, How to Become a Bold, Brave Female Entrepreneur, which is available on Amazon, Books A Million, um, Barnes & Noble, Target, and Walmart, I believe. Walmart still has it. So let's start over. If you want to be a successful entrepreneur, read this book first. Amber not only teaches basic steps to be a successful entrepreneur, but does it in a way that you can understand and remember I have been a successful woman entrepreneur for almost 50 years and still motivated by Amber's can-do attitude. This easy read book would have saved me many sleepless nights and relentless worry, plus the thousands of dollars on seminars, consultants, and other books. If you have a good product that you believe in, and if you follow the basic principles in this book, you will be successful. Thank you so much, PK, for leaving that amazing review for the Bombshell Businesswoman. And of course, everyone, I'm I don't read these to pat myself on the back. I read these because A, I want to acknowledge that you're taking the time to do it. And B, because it helps so much when other women are trying to find a podcast to listen to, a book to read, an app to download. When you leave these reviews, that helps them make this the decision. And then you know the value that you get out of this. And that's the same value they're going to get. So in essence, you are helping other women pursue their dreams when you do things like this. So it just really helps with the visibility. Um, so if you have not reviewed the podcast or the book or especially the app, since it's so new, we need lots and lots and lots of reviews for that. I would cherish if you would take the time to um, do that. And speaking of the app, if you have not downloaded the Bombshell Business app, then please go to um, either the App Store or Google Play. And um, the app is actually, the the short name of it is Bombshell Biz, B-I-Z, Bombshell Biz, all one word. It's called the Bombshell Business app by Amber Hurdle. So if you search any of that, then you can download it. And then there's all kinds of good stuff in there. So like the podcast is in there. And instead of having to go to the website to download whatever we talk about or to, you know, to, to, we might put something in the show notes that is a link so that you can, you know, research something further that one of our guests talks about. All of that will be at your fingertips in the app. You just go to the podcast uh, tab, click on it. The show notes will be in there and then bam, you can go straight to it because I know that our relationship 
is on your phone. So this is a matter of convenience for you. And I hope that it is a huge value to you. Um, all of the worksheets that I've ever put out are that's on there. There's a chat wall. So you can chat it up with uh, me and the experts. You can learn more about the experts. If you're looking for a particular vendor, I would immediately start with the experts and see if, if somebody um, that, you know, I've got my stamp of approval on um, is already there and available to you. Or if you just have questions, there's so much more than that. Of course, there's video and all kinds of goodies in there. So check it out. And then, of course, be sure to leave a review in the App Store or on Google Play. So now's the time that we get to work. You know, there's not a lot of fluff in this podcast. (laughs) Um, Today, we're going to be talking to Miss Emily Mernon. We are talking about why you need to plan now. Yes, still in 2018. 18 while you need to plan now for your 2019 event. Um, and I know you're familiar with Emily if you're a listener of the podcast, a regular listener. Um, but just in case you're not, let me tell you about her. She is the founder of Branch Out Experiences, which curated events that bring together established women entrepreneurs for community growth and adventure. We all love adventure. She's also the founder of Wild Elm Events, an event planning company helping entrepreneurs create high quality events. She has over 12 years experience in planning events from 10 to 1000 people. And her passion is to help foster deeper connections and community through live events. Emily, welcome back to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I love being here. Okay. So Emily, you are a bad mama jamma at events. And so you know the real true Hollywood story of what actually goes into an event. And I think a lot of women are like, oh, yeah, we'll have an event. And then they they get to that point And it's like, oh, my gosh, what did I just sign myself up for? And then that's, I think, why people are so intimidated by events, because they don't give themselves enough lead time to really plan it well and to not overwhelm themselves while they're also doing all the other operational things. So what's your first like piece of advice for bombshells who maybe want to do an event to promote their business or to do, you know, anything related to business in an event? Yeah, basically what you said, give yourself as much time as possible because there is so much that goes into planning a successful event. There's so many different pieces that need to come together to plan the successful event. And an event is a reflection of your brand and you don't want to cut corners. You want to give yourself plenty of time to tackle all the steps and details involved to create the event you desire. And there really is so many little details that are involved. And even people think, oh, I'll book a venue or I'll pick a date. But before you even do that, you need to think about your purpose and do a lot of work on the front end before you can even start doing any of the actual logistics of an event. So Give yourself plenty of time to do the planning and don't think, oh, I'll just plan something in two months and it will work. And it can work, but is it really going to be at the caliber of event that you want to be for your brand? Yeah. And obviously, I totally believe in brands being a belly to belly or excuse me, events being like a belly to belly brand experience that is irreplaceable. I mean, there's there's nothing like a live event to me. My, my opinion, but that's where you like actually connect with people. And whether that is 
in person or, you know, sometimes we could do them online. Um, no matter what, the amount of intention and thought that goes into that is is pretty extreme. And you don't really realize that if you're not, you know, a seasoned event person um, like Emily or like myself. So um, we've talked to Alex Hubenthal this quarter and we've talked about, you know, how now is the time to plan for your goals for 2019 and therefore your budget, because, you know, you don't want to be planning your budget at the beginning of the year, you want to know how you're going to finance everything now so that you can hit the ground running in 2019. So if you're planning an event in 2019, then there's going to definitely be a budget associated with that, which means you need to be thinking about that now, right? That's exactly right. And and that's the thing too, is there's some stuff you need to do even before the budgeting, which is why you need to get that done, like figure out what the purpose of the event is the, and like what you want the flow is and what you, the purpose for you is as well as the purpose for the attendees. And then the piece is the budgeting and the pricing, especially now at the end of 2018, we definitely need to be creating our 2019 budget. And the way I do a budget for an event is I almost do a reverse budget. I start and gather up what it's going to cost by, you know, contacting the venues that I want. If I'm having speakers, what are their costs? And I factor in all, every single piece um, that's going to be part of the budget. And this is the part that a lot of people miss is they'll get the big expenses like the catering, the venue, the marketing, but they'll miss some of the smaller ones. Like, is there going to be some gifts? Are there credit card payment fees, like a website domain? Like there's just so many little pieces to a budget, but you want to make sure that you include all of that. And so I price out all of my expenses first, and then I look at, based on those expenses, what my per person price would be based on about 60% of my desired attendee number, especially if you're starting out for your first event. Um, So you want your budget to be based on about 60% of the attendee number that you want, just to be realistic. And then whether that per person price seems high or low, I adjust the budget numbers accordingly. And then that's kind of my budget for the event. And again, I mean, it's a lot of numbers and um, which is kind of confusing, but basically it's when you're planning out your 2019 budget numbers, you also need to know when certain payments are due. So when the venue payments are due or catering payments, and you kind of need to build that into your long-term 2019 budget, but also that affects the pricing and when you want people to pay for your event. Yeah, totally. And, you know, that's the other thing that I've, I've always laughed at about me personally. Um, and for those of you who are new to the podcast, maybe this is the first episode that you're listening to. So I used to be a celebrity event planner and I had that's that was my first entrepreneurial experience. Well, I started a little small event planning company. I was going to help women um, in their backyards and their little you know garden parties and stuff just to create a scholarship fund, basically like a college fund for my daughter. And then somehow it just kind of kept snowballing and I was planning events for international celebrities. So this is a very, this topic is near and dear to me, but I've always considered myself a creative, but like the very first place, you know, and of course, back to the, what's the, what's your goal? What does this mean for your brand? What are you trying to accomplish with this? You know, what, what kind of experience and what do you want to, 
your attendees to believe about you? What action do you want them to take? I mean, the, the whole purpose of the event, obviously, is the first thing. But then after you get that under control, the first thing you do is budget. And so, like, I live, I know you do. I lived in spreadsheets all the time, always messing with numbers, always, like, adjusting percentages and trying to figure out how to make the puzzle work. And when you think of yourself as, like, a super creative person, you don't give yourself credit for all the mathematician stuff that you're doing. So I'm saying this A to encourage you and then B to also, you know, for all of you people that, and I'm, you know, velvet machete moment coming out that you're like, Oh yeah, I'm so good at planning parties, planning like a dinner party at your house and planning a business event, two different things. So if this is not your jam and you're unwilling to do numbers, then you might want to actually talk to a professional and, and rant. Okay. (laughs) Yes. I mean, and it is the budget's, almost one of the biggest pieces because it's a lot of time, it's a lot of effort, but it's worth it because if you don't do it properly, you're going to lose money on your event and you aren't going to make the profit on your event. And then nothing feels worse if you're then feeling resentful of this event that you're losing money on and you're not going to be able to show up. And then again, that like is a reflection on your brand if you don't feel good about the event you're putting on because you're losing money on it because you didn't budget properly. Yeah. And, and if it fails and not to be doomsday, because I mean, if you do it and you do it to the best of your ability, people are going to see that and they're going to recognize it. And it's not going to be your best ever, but it's going to be the, the best that you could do now. And so I want you to go out and try it or do it and, and don't hold back. But if you if it's not great because you didn't adequately plan for it and it's chintzy or it's disorganized, people are going to experience your brand in that way. And then that's what they're going to believe about you. So if you don't want people to think that you're chintzy and disorganized, you really need to listen to Emily's advice in this episode. So let's talk a little bit. You made such a great point about like, okay, deposits are due and, final payments are due or maybe a second payment is due and that's all different based on each vendor. So where do you even begin? So you have your budget, you know, and and I love that number you, you give me or you gave us. Uh, People are always asking like, I don't even know where to start. 60% easy peasy. Like that's, I I don't even think I had that in my arsenal. (laughs) So thank you. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, especially if someone's doing their first one, like it's kind of that, you know, good, better, best numbers of like, you know, if 60% of your desired number attends, that's awesome. That is great. But, and that's what we want to kind of build that budget on. And then if 80% come, that's even better. And then if a hundred percent come, like that's the best. So with that, you're wanting to look at venues and finding ones that have some flexibility, you know, of, of numbers and, that's always helpful as well as ones that'll work with you on payment plans and not expecting, I mean, most won't expect all of it up front. One of the reasons why you need to start planning now for your 2019 event is because everyone is doing it, especially if you have a larger event. Normally, that's not a reason to do something, but in terms of booking a venue, that is a reason because if you have a vision in mind for your event, other people are booking their venues six months to a year out. And so if you end up wanting to do something really short notice, especially the larger the event is, you're not going to have very good options and your opportunity to negotiate is going to be a little bit harder as well. 
Yeah. So like you're wanting to now start looking at the venues as well as speakers. If you're having speakers at your events, those can be booked out six to months to a year in advance as well. So that's one of the reasons why I encourage people, even if they're thinking, you know, summer of 2019, that seems so far away, but you really need to start looking into those things that are going to be booked if you wait any longer. Yeah. And a lot of times you're not just competing with other people who are doing, you know, business related events or conferences, you're competing with brides. And brides started Pinteresting their wedding when they were teenagers and they have booked the venue just in case they got engaged five years in advance. (laughs) That is what you're competing against people. So (laughs) take Emily seriously when she says book your venue as soon as you know, like your, your date and your budget and all that good jazz. So, and it might be that your date is contingent upon which venue you can secure all the more reason to, you know, get that nailed down ASAP and not be running around like crazy trying to figure that out. Right. And I mean, when you have kind of, you know, that six month to nine month lead time in terms of planning your events, you're also are flexible in your dates versus short notice. You might, you know, you know, people have conflicting schedules. So then trying to match up venues and speakers and all of that becomes just so much harder. Yeah. So, okay. So now we, we have our budget. Well, we have our goals. We have the vision. We know what we want to accomplish with, with this event. So we know the end game. And so now we know like the value of the event to our business, whether you're trying to make a profit or it's a marketing event or, you know, whatever that is for you. Cause some people are doing like events to promote their business. Other people are doing like conference type events or a, a seminar, like a, personally hosted seminar as opposed to, you know, doing their seminar at somebody else's conference. So there's all different kinds of events that you might be interested in doing for your business. So first is the vision and the goals. Second is your budgeting, the pricing and all the mathematics of it all. Then you book your venue and your speakers because that requires the longest lead. And it also helps you determine when your event can actually be. And then what's the next step? The next step's the marketing timeline. And again, the longer the event, the longer lead time you need for your marketing. So if it's a multi-day event, you're going to need to start your marketing, you know, much sooner than if it's just a one-day workshop. So it depends on if people are traveling. But no matter what, you want to give yourself ample time to market the event, especially if it's your first event. Um, And people right now, at the end of 2018, at least... I am, and I know a lot of my friends are, we're planning out our 2019 calendars now. We're picking which events we're going to attend. We're picking where our budget and where our money is going to be going. And you want to get on those calendars. You want them to choose your event versus another event that you know might be conflicting. Even if it's not on the same dates, it might be similar. So you just want to get on their calendar as soon as possible. They, you want them to say yes to yours. So typically, I always say, start marketing your event four to six months out. A one-day workshop or something doesn't need quite that much time, but the more time to market, the better. And you also want the time to find sponsors if you're going that route and other partners, like whether they're referral partners, um, affiliates, other people on board, um, your speakers, you want to be able to have them help market your event. And the more time you give them and the more time you have to prep your pieces to that puzzle the better it is. And the more people are going to find out about your event, the more press you're going to get. Um, and overall, the more people you're going to have to sign up for your event. Yeah. So 
<clears throat> what if you're having like a, you know, this is our one year or 10 year uh, anniversary of our brick and mortar business. What if you're not doing, you know, like a, a seminar or something like that and, and you're doing it more as a marketing event, maybe you're having some sales that day, it, like what do you need to consider in your marketing for that? Like what type of lead time do you need and, and how far in advance do you need to talk to your vendors or like the product lines that you work with to see if they'll sponsor you or if they'll give, you know, participate in giveaways. Can you give us some ideas there? I mean, you can do it shorter. You can, you can easily do it in two months. I always say at least four because you, again, you want your vendors to have not said yes to someone else. If they have a certain budget that they're willing to, you know, do for giveaways or whatever, you want to be the first one that they say yes to. So I always say there's never really too early to start marketing it. Plus if it's, if it's for, you know, your 10 year anniversary of your brick and mortar, that's huge. You want to be celebrating that all year, but you know, just doing a quick save the date four months out and getting it on people's calendar, you don't have to do as big of a marketing push four months out as you would for a larger event, but you still want to get the word out and you start, you want to start um, building relationships and getting other people enthusiastic about your event about four months out. Okay. So four months out, but she said something very important (laughs) before she even got to that detail is that's huge if you're having a, a milestone anniversary. So if you have anything like that going on, that is that is a campaign for the entire year from a marketing perspective. That is something that you wear out and then it, the, the culmination of it is the actual event. And then you can talk about that on the back end. And something, Emily, that I love, one of the reasons why I love using events as a marketing tool is from a, a marketing perspective, you can talk about it leading up to it. You could talk about your sponsors. You could talk about your customers. You could talk about the speakers. There's all kinds of stuff you can use content wise. And then during the event, you can do um, like Facebook lives. You can stream it. You could get videos from it. You can get all kinds of pictures of all different kinds of things. Other people are tweeting about it. They're putting things on Facebook. They, they're using your event hashtag. Like so much good stuff is happening in the moment. So now you're having like this big social media frenzy about you that you're not having to pay for because it's just your attendees doing it. And then after the event, you have the ability to share the pictures and talk about it and blog about it and and do all kinds of things. So it's just so much juicy content from a marketing perspective. And then months later, you could be like throwback Thursday to that event that we had. Oh my gosh, we loved it. And you could tag somebody again and get even more exposure. So to me, the event model is everything. But yeah, I, I agree. <laughs> yeah. And I should clarify like four months, like if you have more than that, do more than that. Right. As you're saying, like squeeze every little morsel out of the event because there is so much stuff you can do. Even just teasers every once in a while, like showing the look, I mean, if it's at your brick and mortar, but like if you get something for it, if you got to give away, you just do an Instagram live or a Facebook live about it. There's just so many things you can do. And when you have more time, it's also, you're not bombarding them. So people are getting sick of it because you're just teasing it out over the course of, you know, six months or a year if you have a big event. So it, again, that's why I say like, there's never, it's never too early. Yeah. You can always start getting people excited about it. 
Um, because I mean, the saying too is like, it takes people seven times to hear something before it even really clicks a lot of times. So they're going to need to see it about seven times before it's like, okay, yes, I need to actually do something about this and click the I'm going or RSVP or whatever it is. Um, That's the call to action. You know, and one thing that I love, a lot of conferences tend to do this. They send out images in advance to like as part of kind of like their know before you go type things for their attendees. And they'll send social media images that people can post that say like out of the office going to XYZ convention. And now all of your attendees are using that. So even if you're a, a local brick and mortar business, you can send those out to your customers and and just put like, can't talk right now or off social media for a minute. I'm going to whatever, whatever boutique open house or, you know, whatever. So like give people the tools to get excited about what it is that you're doing. And then not only will your marketing help you shine, but you now have a bunch of marketeers that are excited to talk about it for you. They might not think to do it all on their own, but if you give them the tool, they're like, oh yeah, man, that's my favorite salon. Of course I'm going to, or, you know, I'm going to wish my, you know, hairdresser, AKA my therapist, happy anniversary at blah, blah, blah salon. There's so many ways you can do this. We could go on all day. So we're just going to have to move (laughs) on. As you can tell, I'm very excited about marketing and events, but what's, what's the next tip that you've got for us, Emily? So really, I mean, it's kind of the everything else. Like there is so many things that you need to do to have an event, as I mentioned before. And um, it would be way too long to go into them in a podcast. But you, there are the, like if there's going to be gifts or swag, again, I mentioned earlier sponsors or if you're having um, like partners, there's other um, communication that you need for an attendee. You want to come up with the timeline, the flow, the catering. There's just so many little pieces that you need to put into place and you don't want to rush it. You really want to make sure that you're giving yourself plenty of time to do all the pieces, especially because marketing takes up a lot of it and you don't want to be so caught up in the marketing that you kind of leave some of the other details in place or vice versa. You get all the other details and then you realize that your marketing hasn't been there. So really the reason why you should be starting right now to plan your event for 2019 is because there's a lot of details to work out and you want to put as much into it as you can without, you know, neglecting the rest of your business um, or without feeling just completely rushed in it. Yeah. And wouldn't you say that a big part of of the in advance planning, and again, this is one of the pitfalls that I see over and over again, is is the delegation. Like who is responsible for what? Like not only leading up to it, but day of. Definitely. Yes. Um, that is a great point. Is if you have a team, definitely figuring out who is doing what with all the upfront pieces. And you definitely should have someone there, um, whether it's someone on your team. And if you don't have a team, you find someone for this day because they need to be the one who is dealing with all the details so that you can really be present and engage with the people who are attending. You don't want to make sure that the catering is there or, you know, the napkin, like, I mean, anything, any detail that you have, you don't want to have to be the one who's trying to figure all that out the day of to make sure things are in place. You want to have your right hand person to be there to really 
make sure that everything's flowing smoothly so you can put the most into making sure your events are there, having a good time and getting what they're needing out of the event. Yeah, totally. I'll, I'll put a link into the blog post about my book launch party. It was, it was like, it was packed. I mean, it was just crazy. It was super awesome. I had the great fortune of being able to work with all the vendors that I used to work with when I had Planet Nashville. So that made things very easy. They know my style. I know they're going to take care of me. Like I didn't have to give them tons of detail. I was like, I kind of want this ish make it happen because I totally trust you to do your job. So there was that side of things, but there was all the little itty bitty things that we needed to do beforehand. And of course I don't have a huge staff, but I definitely, my team came that night um, and one was, you know, responsible for some very specific things. And then I had my, my, my girl squad I had my girl squad at my house a couple of days before we we stuffed all the bags one of their daughters you know came and you know we made sure that all the giveaways were taken care of they got there early that day my husband knew what he was supposed to do I had some other friends who um, helped tear down and everything and that could have been like the worst experience ever if I would have just been like oh I can do it like Jeff and I can do it. Jeff and, and my kids and I can do it. Like, it'll be fine. <laughs> like It will not be fine because it's so much work and you don't even realize necessarily what all needs to be done until you're in the moment. And you're like, oh, mm, didn't think about that. Good thing Judy's here. And, you know, while Cindy's doing this and Steph is doing that, Judy can go run to the store real quick and make that happen. Or you you might show up to an event and there's, you know, I say this over and over and over and over again. And I, and I say it because of my event planning background, it's control the controllables because the uncontrollables are coming. So if you don't do everything in your power to plan for everything that you know to plan for, then not only are you going to be dealing with all of that, but then you're going to be dealing with the emergencies that happen as well. And I don't know about you, Emily, but I used to just tell my, my event staff all the time, like three things are going to happen tonight. Three things are going to happen. And so embrace it now. Know that three major things, a tent is going to fall. Uh, the pizza machine is going to break. Uh, the celebrity who is supposed to be here is going to be broken down on the side of the road. Like get okay with that right now. And then that's just going to be our baseline and we can handle it. And, and that is completely how we approached events. And then I had a little sign in like the breakdown area that was like only good attitudes allowed. Like I don't care what happens tonight. <laughs> there's going to be a friggin' smile on your face. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what you said is so true. Like Get as much, I mean, do everything you can because there is always something unexpected that happens. And if you're the type of person who can't handle or think on the spot, then potentially like find someone who is to partner with because there is always going to be something that doesn't go quite right or just needs a last minute decision. There's always something that comes on that you need to think on your feet and be okay shifting or doing something slightly different and having a good attitude with it. Yeah, so Abby said in, in her episode um, earlier in, in Q4 here, she said her mantra when it comes to like our social media and content planning and everything is, blessed are the flexible for they will not get bent out of shape. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That is awesome. I'm like, oh my gosh, 
how did I not know this for so many years? And I think that applies, I mean, in all circumstances, but especially yeah. in events, like you just have to roll with it. You do. you do all the planning that you can do. And then the day comes and the last thing that you want to do is be running around like a chicken with your head cut off, making everybody around you upset, like your mom, you know, on Thanksgiving morning, <laughs> trying to get everybody to like clean the house and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Uh, you want to enjoy it and you want to be proud of the work that you've put into it. So let's do a little recap here of starting out. We do the planning, the visioning, the, the goal setting. What's the goal for the event? What's the goal for you and your business? What's the goal for the attendee? And then um, Emily's next tip is to make sure that your budgeting and your pricing is locked in. A huge reason why you need to start the process the year prior and now is a good planning season for 2019. Then you want to get those big boulders uh, secured, uh, booking the venue and booking your speaker, because then you can be really definitive about the date. And now you actually can start working on a plan. Did you notice that we had three things there before we could even start talking about like the ultimate plan? in terms of like marketing and promoting your event. Um, and then, so then you go into your marketing timeline. You want to give ample time. Emily said, if it's a multiple day event, you need more lead time. Of course, people have to plan for travel and all that kind of stuff. Um, and if it's a local event, definitely four months out in advance at least. And then don't rush the planning because there's lots of itty bitty, tiny little details that you need to think through. And one more thing on that, one thing that I always do when I'm working on an event, um, and I do this at the beginning and I do it throughout the planning and I always do it like literally the, the day before to make sure I'm not missing anything is I visualize like I think of myself pulling up to the event what's that experience like where am I parking am I lost do I know where I'm supposed to go are there signs to get me to where I need to go or are signs even necessary um, what does it feel like when I walk into the event is there somebody there to greet me is there a registration table um, are there tchotchkes that need to be given out at that time or are they given out on the way out what is the food situation like what's the flow of the room what am i smelling what am i seeing is there a coagulation anywhere because we put this too close to this and there's going to be a line at the bar and there's going to be a line at the book signing table or or you know whatever that thing is um and then what does it feel like when i leave and then what's my role in that event, is it something that I need to be moving and shaking and meeting and greeting? And so I need other people to deal with the logistics of it. Or am I the person dealing with the logistics because I'm not relevant to the attendees? So there's so many things like that to think about. And if you become a guest in your mind and kind of like do a virtual reality type thing without the equipment, just your imagination, like the old school way, I think that helps you discover like, okay, now I'm thirsty. What do I do? Okay, I'm talking to somebody and I want to get away from them. What activity is there to do to be like, oh, look at that. I need to go blah, blah, blah. Think about it from your guest perspective. And that that's a huge way to make sure that they have an amazing experience. I love that. Yes. Visualize. Okay. So any final like words of wisdom to offer our bombshells before uh, we wrap up the discussion on, on the how to's here? Only that it might seem overwhelming because there are a lot of details and I didn't want this podcast to scare anyone. Just really put a fire under their feet to start really thinking now and planning now for their event because events are great for a brand, um, for your business. Um, and I want to set people up to be successful in it. Um, and then also if people are 
interested in wanting a event planning checklist, I made one for all you bombshells. So if you want, you can go to my website, wildelmevents.com slash bombshell podcast. And there will be an event planning checklist because obviously we couldn't go into all the details that you need to plan an event because there's just not time. So hopefully this checklist will help get you started in planning your event. Ooh, like even if you're not planning on planning an event, you better go and and download that now so that if you do decide down the road and maybe that (laughs) resource isn't there anymore because she might have updated it with something else, go download that immediately because to her point, it is it's hard, but everything that you do the first time is hard. And, you know, even like the first time I podcasted, I packed all my stuff up and I put it on shelf. I was like, that's too hard. I can't do it. And now it's like, whatever. I mean, I'm just talking into the mic, which used to be super scary to me. Um, And now I do it all the time. So to her point, yes, this might feel overwhelming if you're not experienced in it, but that is no excuse to not just try it. And maybe you don't do like a crazy big event as your first event, or maybe you haven't done a big event and you need to maybe get some training wheels on first, do some smaller things like host a brunch, do something even on a personal level. If you don't host a lot of personal events, get yourself in, in the habit and in the mindset of planning of the details of the budget. And then once you feel good about what you're doing, then you can start doing a big event or budget to include a planner. I happen to know a good one. You know, everybody, Emily? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I mean, I definitely think if people are able to, and it's not their zone of genius and they don't want to do the logistics part, definitely hiring someone who can come alongside with them and help them like really see, um, put their vision into place. Yes. Smart. And get the return on the investment because if you're on the struggle bus and you're trying to do it and you're not making the money that you think you're going to make, then what money did you save by not hiring a planner? I mean, like it just, it doesn't make sense to me. Of course I used to be a planner. So I know like, like I understand the value of it. Um, but I just strongly encourage you to consider that as an option too. Um, so you have, you have the how to's if you want to do it yourself, you have the right person if you want to hire somebody, but at any rate, Emily, thank you once again for your amazing contributions and all of the sage advice that you've uh, provided our bombshells today. Thank you so much for having me. I loved it. All right, Bombshell. So you know what to do. Go to amberhurdle.com forward slash podcast with an S to get the show notes or now download the Bombshell Business app in the App Store or on Google Play. Go to the podcast tab, click on today's episode and the show notes and all the links will be in there, including the link to get your free event planning checklist from Emily on her website. You know, if you haven't left a rating review for the podcast or the app, I'd love if you would do that. And um, until we see you next time, go out and be the bold, brave, unwaveringly confident female entrepreneurs that you are. See you next time. Thanks for listening to the Bombshell Business Podcast. Visit amberhurdle.com for more resources like show notes and check out the bombshellbusinesswoman.com to grab my book and download the free bonuses.